the WeatherTight Windows Studio. Unique opinions, compelling conversation, and the best in afternoon entertainment. Now, the conversation continues. It's time for John's Choice on Drew Garabo Live. interested in the inner workings of uh, my cancer journey and you don't subscribe to my Substack, which I don't blame you, Substack through Garabo, if you want to subscribe, no pressure. Uh, the folks over at Moffitt Cancer Center, where I've been receiving treatment, posted on their social media today, or you can go to, I think, MoffittCancerCenter.org, uh, part two of the... Uh, of, I guess, my journey, and this one goes into the stem cell transplant part. You you texted me that you found it rather interesting, John. Yeah, well, you know, obviously I, I know, you know, a lot more than most or as much as most at, at times, but to hear it told from the angle of Moffitt, I mean, I think the headline is what happens when chemo doesn't work or something like that, and just to hear them phrase it that way and then the words of your actual doctor, um, you know, talk about, kind of what happened or what didn't happen with the initial chemo and, and when the options that it left you, it was, uh, I thought it was real interesting to get that perspective from the hospital, from the doctors. Yeah, I found it interesting too. I think Dr. Nishihori did a great job. They could have given a shout out to Nurse Buffy, his his right-hand person. She's amazing, but um, it, it kind of struck me. I don't want to say I'm unlucky because I feel like the luckiest guy in the world to be alive and to be able to do what I do, but 90-something percent of testicular cancer patients get one round of chemo, they get their nut lopped off, and they're done. They're cancer-free. Um, but because mine spread to some lymph nodes and then a, and then an awful tumor that's attached to my abdominal aorta, you know, my, my first round of chemo wasn't just unsuccessful. It, the lymph nodes actually grew. It was almost like they fed off the chemo, like, ha-ha, give me more. And so, you know... To change over to Moffitt and to have Dr. Nishihori go, okay, you know, we're we're in a bad position here. Let's see what we can do to get in a good position. I'm in a better position now. I'm in no way cancer-free. Maybe I am. I don't know. I won't have a scan until October. But, you know, I'm not I, – I, I don't even think – I try not to think about it. It's going to show what it's going to show, and then we'll take it from there. I just focus on feeling good every day. So to read all this was very interesting to me too. Yeah, yeah. And it's – I mean, like you said, I mean, you're in a – you're in a unique situation that that a lot of people who have gone through similar things don't don't end up in. So one thing it didn't really explain it from a truly medical perspective. So really, when it says, "What do you do when chemo doesn't work?" Right. I mean, the stem cell transplant is a big part of that. Is obviously chemo as well. Is it just that you're you you're almost utilizing a level of chemo that is just so much more than you normally could without the transplant? Yeah. Um, the, the first dose that they tried on me at a different facility was kind of a lighter dose. They didn't want to go too heavy at first, and, and maybe that's why it didn't work. But the chemo that precedes the stem cell transplant is this super high dose 
uh, carboplatin, and that's you know what's contributing to the neuropathy in my feet, contributing to some hearing loss. My hair's taking a while to grow back. It was, it was, it was an intense chemo, and it was it was twice in the span of three months. So, you know, it, it takes a lot of people a lot of time to recover, fatigue and whatnot. I feel very lucky in that my energy level feels super high right now. Every day, I, I feel a little bit closer to being normal. And, um, you know, I, I just feel real lucky to be where I am, and, and a lot of people aren't so lucky. So if you're a younger dude and you listen to the show, you're in your 20s, your 30s, even your late teens, if you even think you feel something down there that just feels a little bit weird, I know how tough it is. I know that male ego and pride that stands in the way, but you are literally saving your life and saving yourself a lot of awful, awful treatment if you go get it checked out because if they detect it early – Maybe you lose a nut, maybe you don't. You can survive with just one. They do one round of chemo, boom, you're cancer-free. You got no worries for the rest of your life. You're in a much better position than I find myself in. So please heed my words. Do me a huge favor and do that. But we're not here to talk about that, John. We're here to roll up some fat joints of news stories and roll and pass them around and expand our minds and learn a little something. All right. Um, if we can't, so we've been talking at, at length about the uh, the Manti Teo documentary, the, yeah. uh, the Untold documentary that is on uh, that is on Netflix currently. That kind of caught the world by storm. I see it's still usually number one or number two over the past couple of days in the streaming. And I've got some audio from that that will put everything mm. in perspective, whether you've seen it or not. But I've got to tell you, last night randomly we were getting ready to go to bed. Like it was it was time <laughs> to go to bed. It was we were headed back, and I was just aimlessly scrolling through Netflix and I and something caught my eye and it's called Fire in Paradise hmm. and I don't even barely remember it being reported on but do you remember in 2019 hearing about this uh this big wildfire in Paradise California uh I know a lot of wildfires in California it, they all seem to blend together dude, this is the most insane hour and a half that you can buckle up for what? and and watch I I put it on to almost just give it a peek at what it was like it is a minute-by-minute minute breakdown with everybody who was involved, first responders, teachers, people that live there, all accompanied with real cell phone footage and footage from these people in what was the deadliest wildfire in, in over 100 years in the United States. Oh. And it is, it is some of the most riveting television you could ever watch. It, it, it is insane what happened. I won't give away too much for the people that are going to watch it, but this fire was a complete surprise it went from being okay to apocalyptic in the span of about two hours, and there's footage wow. of the whole thing. Highly, highly recommended. Okay, that's a you man. You've really given it a hell of an endorsement. It, it really is. I mean, even Danielle, she was. We were kind of arguing about whether or not to go to bed, and she was like, <laughs> "I'm not watching this." And I pressed play, and like five minutes into it, we looked at each other, and she was like, "Oh my god, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen." I'm in. Uh, so check it out. Uh, yeah. But the Monte Teo um, uh, documentary really shows how the press and a lot of people can get things wrong and how this guy's life was ruined in a bunch of ways. And to give you the Cliff Notes version, uh, he was catfished terribly uh, to believe that he was in love with this this woman who he had never met, which can be a little hard to wrap your head around at times. And eventually uh, she faked her own death. And it was a big deal because he played a senior season after her and his grandma had died. And then Deadspin and a guy who actually lives locally here in St. Pete uh, broke the story that the girlfriend was fake. He got lumped into it as if he had something to do with it. And it, and it pretty much ruined his life. And here's a clip from him uh, in, the pa in the last 
couple minutes of the of the special uh, that really show you how wrong people got it and uh, what a good dude I think this this guy really is. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be that little kid that's going to come up to you because he loves you. But if you look at that little kid like the way that this dude that's treated you, you're going to ruin that little kid. That is my challenge every day. That when somebody comes up to me and they say, man, man, I'm a big fan of you. That I don't think of the times of the hundreds of people that said, Matt, I'm a big fan of you. Let me take a picture. And I took a picture with them, and they made fun of me. If there's anything that I can do, that's what I'm going to do every day. You know? I'm going to rise above all of that, bro. No matter how, how hard it is for me. I'm going to look at all these people who made fun of me. And the people who actually believe in me is... to take a second to be like they actually love me man they love you they don't want to make fun of you bro dude that's powerful i i got it so wrong at the time i just like so many people responded to the media narrative in a way that manti somehow should have known or did know or was in on the hoax or how could he be so naive as to think he had a girlfriend for two years that he had never met this dude was straight up a victim of a manipulative, evil person who committed the hoax, and the media got it all wrong. And this kid, now a man, is a shining example of forgiveness and strength. And I'm a huge Manti Teo fan as a person now. You know what's crazy, too, is, is it also is just another example of how, and again, if it went down the way everybody thought it went down, I don't know what he deserves, quote unquote, you know, from the public or from his fans or, or, or whoever. But it's just another example of how people in a certain spotlight, whether it be an athlete, whether it be an entertainer, actor, musician, they are treated less than human. Like, like when you hear an interview like that, like he is just a man who obviously who was on a big stage and had a set of circumstances unfold that are hard to even wrap your head around. But he's just a human being at the end of the day who was treated like like not one, just 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 less than barely even human when the entire world and definitely the entire country is just trashing you and, and everybody kind of gets in on the joke. I don't think often that people go. There's actually a real dude somewhere who's got to who's got to you know deal with these emotions and deal with what's happening to him right now. And to even take it a step further with the narrative of he constructed this hoax to cover up for his homosexuality. Oh man! To deal with the national media doing that as you're in the combine to try to earn a spot in the NFL and you fall from a top prospect to the second round of the draft. Man, not only did we get it all wrong, this kid was chewed up and spit out. And I respect the, the local dude, Tim Burke. He's Bubba Prague on Twitter. He's, he's great. He's got some good insight. But I think Deadspin now tries to create a narrative of, oh, well, we were just trying to point out how the major news outlets didn't fact check. I think they're trying to wash their hands clean a little bit of, we helped construct a narrative where this kid was somehow... Uh, you know, culpable yeah. for the hoax. Yeah, and I was hesitant to say too much about it the day we talked because I know you didn't see the second part. But and I and I think it was mostly in the f- the first part. But at one point, this person who was catfishing him faked a car accident yeah. where they were pretending as if they were on their deathbed, not able to speak, and and would make noises and make it seem as if. 
they were in the hospital. I mean, the amount of delusion and damage that a person has to have to be able to carry this out over such an extended period of time, we touched on it. I, I wish and I believe there should be a way for this person to be in jail. I agree 100%. What this person did to Manti's, Manti's life is inexcusable, and I don't know what laws they may have broken in the process, uh, but but I, I would be very happy to see this person behind bars. Well, and how haunting are the videos that they have, just you know, kind of bootleg cell phone footage of him meeting the person who was behind this whole hoax, mm. thinking it was a relative of the girl who he had been talking to oh. when it was actually the person. I mean, that is... Uh, Ugh. Ugh, it's it, it's tough. It's tough to watch. Gross. Um, we touched on this story yesterday. Now there's some some updates. We were kind of you know unpacking the dynamic of a a female who is doling out the domestic violence uh, primarily on a man and and how that all goes down. But now maybe we're left with just more questions. The St. Petersburg woman who was charged in her boyfriend's murder looked up whether killing someone in self defense could land you in jail, according to an arrest affidavit. Uh, Rihanna and Spicers, 24, was arrested Sunday for the death of 29-year-old Larry Jarrell. Jarrell was found dead in the Casa Grande apartments Friday. An affidavit released Tuesday said Jarrell was found with a puncture wound in his inner left thigh. Ooh. That also seems like a... When you, mm-hmm. were, when you were telling me this story just, just a little bit ago and, and telling me these details, I thought it was going to be... Her Google search was going to be, where can you stab somebody where they'll bleed out? Because, you know, you got that. Uh, is that the carotid in there? Or is that I think the so. femoral well, femoral? Yeah. You got that main artery where I'm yeah. sure it's not quite the same as a, a normal crime scene where somebody's been stabbed in the neck and face mm. and chest. A, a puncture wound right in the left thigh Ooh. seems very deliberate for a, uh, a quick murder. Well, probably not quick. Probably takes you a minute. You, do, you, do you Google something like that because you're being abused and you wonder what's going to happen if you fight back? Or do you Google something like that to try to construct an alibi ahead of time? Um, I think it goes either way. I mean, yeah. it really goes either way. And, and I just, again, being in, a, um, being in a, an abusive relationship, I can't pretend to know what it's like. I don't know the path in which you take. Mm-mm. But, you know... The big thing is why why don't you just leave or why why couldn't you just leave? It does seem that when you come to that crossroads of leaving or murdering somebody <laughs> that they're, you know, like you've already made you've already committed or have in your mind that you're going to do something drastic. Right. So it is hard to understand how killing this man was the better option than getting on a greyhound and, and going across the country or something. Would you go so far, John, as to say, once you reach the point where you're Googling, will I go to prison for the rest of my life for killing someone in self-defense, it's time to leave that relationship? I, I would think I would think there might be a couple other red flags before you get to that Google search. Uh, but I, in my opinion, I do think if you've gotten there, uh, maybe just try real hard uh, to disappear somewhere in the world or country before you have to kill somebody. Yeah, same page. Yeah. Uh, we kind of alluded to this story a little bit ago, uh, but man, the we had the um, where was the uh, was it was it was it in Brandon the woman who was punching the kid in the head at the daycare facility? Uh, Odessa, I believe. Yeah. Well, this was. Oh, is this the same one from oh, the? No, no, no. This is no, a different no, you're one. Right. You're there, right. With yeah. the woman was was punching the kid repeatedly in the head. Now 
Another story, a new story. An Odessa daycare owner has been arrested on child abuse charges following a two-month investigation into the Children's Land of Imagination Academy located on Gun Highway. On Friday, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office arrested 51-year-old Rong Lu, uh, known to parents and kids as Miss Judy. Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office said their investigation began on June 20th after Lou was reported uh, for being physically abusive with children in her care. Uh, Through investigative means, HCSO detectives were able to confirm that the 51-year-old co-owner, in an attempt to put a child down for a nap, forcefully pushed and pulled the head and neck of the victim with her hand. The Sheriff's Office said in a statement, she was seen placing both of her legs across the top of the child's body to hold them down. The child victim was crying and flailing throughout the entire incident. I'm not sure if this is verified. I saw it tweeted earlier that there was a second arrest made at that location. Someone else who worked there allegedly arrested a teacher's aide or something, arrested for abuse as well. Dude, I mean, I just... And this, this, I'm trying to get a look at it. First, when I saw it, I thought it was kind of one of these daycares that somebody was running out of their home. Right. But it looks like a, you know, it's a it's a business. I mean, it's a yep. place. It's a standalone uh, building, it appears, uh, where this daycare is. Uh, but, man, you, you just hear the stories one after another. It was, it was, it's not funny, actually. But after we talked about it earlier, my mom sent me a text because, you know, they... Um, They've been through having to, you know, put. I don't think we were ever in daycare, but my, I think my nephew has had to been in it at least mm. at some point. And it's just, it's got to be tough to go about your day. You, you research them as well as you can. You look up the records of the place and the reviews of the place, but you still know that for the better part of the afternoon, you're leaving your kid with strangers, and that is terrifying. And and, and I mean, clearly, I don't know what would make it safer i mean these places are accredited and legit in the in all of the paperwork that you need to have but i mean i guess you can you can be smart enough and know enough to pass the test and get the the regulation side of it down and then still be some version of a psychopath uh to where you're you're kneeling on kids and essentially laying on them with your entire body weight uh to get them to go to sleep not to mention other cases where they're punching kids in the head and uh even worse so Man, my, it, it's tough. I do not envy any any parent who's got to make that decision. It is tough. We had to do it, and, and we knew the lady who owned the place, and we knew that she would hire a staff that was, that was staffed with people who really cared about kids, and there were no incidents there, thankfully. But to those parents out there who aren't in that situation my heart goes out to you i know how rough that is traumatizing like what's the percentage you kind of you know touched on it earlier where it's if you're already because i think sometimes it's just for maybe the parents to to not have to be home and i'm not saying that a lot of parents use daycare to get away from their kids but there's an element of this is what we do and this is what you do is you go yeah. back to work and, and and like what is the percentage of money or what does that gap look like or what should you be willing to give up in order to not have to put your kid in daycare yeah and that's a decision that each family is going to have to make for themselves i would say if you're in a relationship and neither of you are working at a job that you want to be working at for the rest of your life it's not the job of your dreams you don't see it leading to anything it's time to have a long hard discussion about leaving that so you don't have to put your kid in daycare if you have to take a hit financially it might be worth it emotionally so that your kid isn't exposed to the dangers of a daycare including an owner and operator who would beat a kid to get them to sleep yeah and i guess that's you know maybe it's maybe it's rent 
food, vehicle, you know, and it's like everything mm-hmm. else past that. If you can, if you can lock down the basics, um, and it, I know it's hard to get ahead that way, but geez, I know. some companies offer it, right? That yeah. would probably be the best case scenario is if your company oh and maybe it was like in the building and then you can go down and pop in or, or, or some, some variation of that. Maybe dude, we had that at the magic they had at the RDV sportsplex, the building that we worked in, they had a, a an after school program. So I could go pick up my kid and put him in the after school program. So if something went wrong, anything, an injury, a breakage, whatever, I was right there in the office and that was tremendous peace of mind uh last week it was a ferris wheel at cedar point and this week it is a sex act taking place in the stands of an oakland a's baseball game Mm. Uh, the oakland police department is now investigating an alleged sex act i just can't deny the fact that i find this very very hot i need to say that up front uh in the stands during sunday's athletics seattle mariners game a lot of kids at ring well here's the thing and here's my question. There's not a single soul anywhere near these people. Like, anywhere near them. Mm. A lot of kids watching the game. They're in the last row. Kid takes a look with binoculars. Well, you know, that's a nosy-ass kid. You should put him You're in daycare. Right. Kids, uh, yeah. <laughs> kids are nosy. Put him in daycare to see, see how he likes that. Uh, the Oakland Police Department was not alerted to the incident until well after the game. Uh, it was a, it, I believe it was a drone camera that was flying above the stadium that caught, and, and you can you can just barely tell what's happening here. Uh, they were advised uh, that A's and staff cameras did not capture the video at all. Um, but it was a third party that somehow got a shot of whatever was going on. Uh, they have still not been identified, uh, so nobody has been cited or arrested. Uh, the violation is lewd acts in public. Um, if identified, charged, and convicted, the couple could be punished with up to six months um, in jail and uh, sentence and a fine of $1,000. Hmm. The, the Oakland A's did win, though, 5-3. to three. That's the important they part of the They story. weren't the only... <laughs> Not the only winner in the story. <laughs> um, okay, so I need I need to throw up a, a, a parental advisory. Oh, on not, this not even, one, not, not the last one. Not even a parental advisory. This is more of a trigger a trigger warning. Oh, uh, because this is a, a terrible crime that normally you would think would be reserved for a horror film or some variation of it. Uh, so just so you know, I, I did warn you. Uh, an Iowa man was arrested on murder charges more than one year after investigators say he killed a woman. Just making sure that that trigger warning caught up with everybody. Yep, it did. Uh, decapitated her and then put her head on a stick in a park. Jeez. Officials said in a news release that Nathan James Gilmore was arrested and charged with first-degree murder for the death of Angela Bradbury. Court documents allege that Gilmore and Bradbury had a chance meeting uh, at a courthouse in April of 2021 when Bradbury was arrested for trespassing at a car dealership and Gilmore had been at the courthouse for a hearing following her release from jail. Bradbury went to a friend's house to change her clothes. Detective said she then left with a man and was never seen again. Bradbury was one day away from turning 30 when she was last seen. And on July 12, 2021, a teenager found what appeared to be a human skull on a stick at a park. DNA testing and dental records revealed the skull belonged to Bradbury. According to court documents, additional remains identified as Bradbury's uh, were found in the same park uh, over a year later. 
In the criminal complaint, detectives said that Gilmore had sent text referencing uh, the skull found in the park while threatening a male associate of an ex-girlfriend. Investigators said uh, when they interviewed Gilmore, his story changed multiple times. And he told detectives that he had been present in the park when the skull was found um, and that he spoke to police before saying his knowledge of the skull was from uh, media reports and information around town. Okay. Dude. Man. I mean, that's the um, whatever we, we, we were talking yesterday about. um. You know, that that serial killer gene and what's in it. I mean, yeah. this guy's got a little bit of that. I oh, mean, maybe yeah. it's a we don't know if he has more victims. But when you go to this kind of ritualistic scenario, you've I would imagine that that, that he was planning or would have killed again. Uh, worse to encounter at a park. Someone's decapitated head on a stick or parents burning heaters while their kids are on the slide. Um. It's parents burning heaters. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends on how, like this, I mean, if I hate to be too specific, but this sounds like by the time they made it to the skull, it was just a skull. If I can find just the skull, maybe. Mm. But if I have to find like a, what appears to be a still, you know, viable yeah. human head, like that's going to stick with me a little bit longer. Good point. Yeah. Uh, and, and if if you needed it to get any more uh, shocking, uh, they find the guy, they get to the guy's home. Uh, they found a drawing on a whiteboard in the living room uh, depicting a satanic goat's head mm-hmm. in the shape of a pentagram uh, with what appeared to be blood spatter on it. Um, numbers significant to the case were also written all over the board, including the exact GPS coordinate where the skull was found. This guy's no real Satanist. Yeah. Real real Satanists supposedly love the world and uh and, and they get a bad rap. Uh this guy's this guy's just evil. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think there's a wide variety. You know, they got That's the good true. ones. It's kinda like uh, kinda like the witches in uh, Wizard of Oz. You got the good and the bad. That's true. Good point. Uh the race for the Democratic nomination uh. to face Republican Governor Ronnie D in the November general election mm. has been a two-person race ever since the Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed and uh, Representative Charlie Crist declared their respective candidacies. Crist is seeking to return to the governor's mansion for the first time since he served a single term from 07 to 11. For Freed, she's seeking to take her statewide election success in 2018 to the top job in the state. Both candidates spent most of 2022 trying to convince voters why they are the best candidate to try and beat Governor DeSantis, who has been at or above 50% approval for most of his tenure. Much of the question in the campaign has been who can attract disillusioned Republican voters mm. and moderates from both parties. Spoiler alert, not those two. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like where are the where are the candidates that get people excited? I mean, not, right. you can't tell me. Like you may be you may be telling your friends. But is one person, like, super excited to go cast their vote for Nikki Freed or Charlie Chris today? Funny you say that. I have a lot of lib friends on Facebook say, for yeah. some reason. And uh, and a lot of them are getting into that I voted thing. Me, I hate both parties. They, I can't say equally, but I hate both parties, and I, I identify with neither of them, so I'm not voting in any primaries. Uh, but the ones who voted are like, yeah, I voted for Nikki Free, but I didn't feel real good about it. And it's just because Charlie Crist, I think, has such a horrible reputation of being a fraud, of being a sham. Yeah. The dude served as a Republican governor, yeah. and he's now yeah. running as a Democrat. Yeah, which that, again, I think there's a lot of reasons <laughs> to not care for that. But you almost, you almost wonder if within that, 
there's some sort of moderate message to be found, but that's just never going to work. I mean, sadly, and I, mm-hmm. I don't say that proudly. I say that sadly, especially with the way things are now. It's either you belong to this team right. or you belong to this team. And I think, I think, and I could be wrong on this, the reason why nobody's got to be very excited was because I think deep down in that little pit in people's heart, they know that neither one of them has what it takes to, to take out Ron DeSantis. No, oh, he's he's got an activated fan base right now, and he's got a lot of people excited to vote for him. So I don't, whether it's president or governor, I don't see anything stopping the DeSantis train. Uh, been a little dry on bear attacks for a minute, but we're back, baby. A woman oh, who was walking her two dogs over the weekend was attacked by a black bear in Vermont. According to the AP, the Vermont Fish and Wildlife Department reported, reported on Tuesday that a 61-year-old woman was attacked by a black bear while on a trail walking with her two dogs. Following the attack, wardens and a bear biologist uh, with the Vermont um, um, Wildlife Commission visited the area. Apparently, they found that the black bear was a female with her cubs, they believe that she was provoked when the woman and her dogs walked by, surprising them. Uh, they're saying now that the woman had called her dogs over, whom she couldn't see, when she heard a loud noise and found that a large bear was charging her. The woman told the wardens that she tripped over a rock when the bear was on top of her, biting her. One of her dogs, a Jack Russell Terrier, barked at the bear and tried to get it off of her. Uh, the woman then left the area with her dogs and called 911 when she got home. Uh, a neighbor took her to the hospital. Uh, she has non-life-threatening injuries and is expected to make a full recovery. I don't think they're taking out the bear, though. Good. They they're, shouldn't. Yeah, because, She's just defending her, defending her cubs. Yeah, I think, you know, every, I don't know that every state's wildlife commission is created equally because right. this it, they they took into account this wasn't a situation where a bear was was feeling comfortable with humans or associating it with food it was just um it was just that that, that she happened upon them at the wrong time when there were some cubs around and that'll happen if you're going hiking and you stumble upon a bear and it's a mama bear and there are cubs around <laughs> something bad's going to happen it is kind of a it's been a it's been um almost it's a cartoon you know you you just know it's a thing that you see dogs chase after mailmen like that is just something that's ingrained in our society and it has been that way since the beginning of time Uh, i don't know what happened early on in society that made it feel that way (laughs) but this should definitely add to that theme five dogs mauled a mail carrier for the u.s postal service after the truck broke down along a road in north florida putnam county sheriff's deputies found the 61 year old woman on the ground when they arrived uh, at the Interlochen Lake Estates on Sunday afternoon, mm. sheriff's officials said in a Facebook post they also found the dogs inside a fence at a nearby residence. You think if you got five dogs and they all get loose and they maul a person, you think you know it when they come back home? Yeah, they, they smell like person. Yeah, a nearby resident told deputies they heard the woman screaming for help and saw five dogs attacking her. Several neighbors tried pulling the dogs off the woman, and one even shot a gun into the air to try and scare the dogs away. Uh, deputies started first aid on the woman who was bleeding. They applied tourniquets. Uh, she is currently um, in critical condition. Good God. So, um, I, I, know we, I do wonder if it's a combative relationship for most mail carriers and I, mm. I know we have at least a couple uh that listen to the show a uh, shout out to the one who cleaned up the used condom in my parking lot that one time yeah. um shout I, out to edwin who lives across the street from me yeah i, I just wonder if it's if it's an everyday battle uh i don't think as much in in 2022 as it was in years past but i think there are still irresponsible dog owners who let that happen uh i didn't hear you mention the breed um does it i mean Chihuahuas bite with more frequency. 
Yeah, John. I don't. It's um, how you raise them. Did you see the breed? Nope. You think you think they were you think they were pity? I don't think they were great days. You think? They, well, I mean, the woman did get killed by. Uh, yeah, but that's like see. well, once in a lifetime type of thing. Let me see. Let me see if ABC News has more info okay. on the dogs. Um, hmm. They weren't Dobermans because they don't bite; they just pinch. <laughs> um, yeah, I got nothing on the mm-hmm. I got nothing on the breed, even from mm-hmm. uh, even from ABC News. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. Rhymes with Maffershire Marrier, <laughs> American Mitmull. <laughs> oh no, it was um hmm? Beagle. Oh no, Dachshund. Okay, yeah, gotcha. She's she's a critical condition from Dachshund. Well, bike. five of them. You know, five. You know, once 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 they get you, once they gnaw at your Achilles and you hit the ground, that's when they really get to work. You know, they were once used to hunt lions, I believe. That's not true at all. Yeah. Um, and lastly, quickly, uh, after tricking everybody with a bait and switch in the Mexican pizza, Taco Bell made everybody think it was back and then pulled it away. Uh, they're now getting into a new type of pizza game. Uh, Taco Bells around the country are going to start launching the cheesy Chipotle chicken flatbread, uh, which some are calling a pizza, flame-grilled, marinated, all-white chicken meat, creamy chipotle sauce, crunchy tricolor tortilla strips, onion, and a three-cheese blend toasted on a buttery flatbread. The way you described it sounds delicious. Yeah, but then you just got to get people to make it and realize that it is still Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm all burnt up. Cool or not cool is next. Would you believe that it involves Bono, Jared Kushner, Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.